welcome in to the Soren Sports Podcast. I am your host, Braden, and as always, I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Alan. Today, we're going to be talking about international sports and debt, meaning how do the sports we follow, such as, you know, baseball, basketball, hockey, uh, or even, you know, the Olympics, and we're going to be talking about how this bolsters inter- international relations, international cooperation, and how lately it's been used as kind of a way to uh, use uh, propaganda and promote the ideals of your country out there. And so we'll just get right into it. And uh, Alan, let's start off. How you doing? I'm doing good. Normally, I'd always have words to say, but today... Since it was a little bit hectic as far as grocery shopping um, due to the, the snowstorm in Texas that happened last week. Not a lot of stuff, but now starting to stock at places like Walmart. But it's good. I can't complain. Just just ready to, to hit the day and go forward. Nice. Yeah, I got to do grocery shopping tomorrow after work. So we'll uh, <laughs> that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it will be. All right. Well, yeah. Let's get right into it. So, we'll do. A, we'll give a little background for the people first. So, um, as mentioned in a previous episode, Alan and I in college for bachelor's degree we degrees we've studied uh, a major at our school, which is called the uh, international studies major. It's essentially a good way to describe it. I feel would just be a uh, international or a jack of all trades type major for international level focus of international relations and politics. And so, in one of the classes I had to do, we had to write a paper, and I I took inspiration from this podcast that we do, and kind of decided it'd be a good topic to do my paper on. And so that's kind of did some research on the topic. And so that's kind of how we're uh, bringing this out to you guys. So uh, we're going to not necessarily critique or rely on one of the sources I use, but we're going to kind of bring up some of the points it mentions. Um, so in case you're interested, I'll have it linked in this show episode's uh, show notes. Um, but let me pull it up real quick and give the title of it. It was, the t- title of this source that I used is The Role of Sport in International Relations, National Rebirth and Renewal. And it was by Victor Shaw, who uh, was part of the Georgetown University community. Um, like I mentioned, we're not going to talk about it a whole lot. We're just going to kind of use some of the stuff he points out in what we talk about. but Or we may not, but just in case we do, there's some background on that. So let's kind of start off. And Alan, when I say sports play a role in international relations? What's the first thing you think of? Hmm. I think of um, change of of culture, like change of of a new mindset, where basically like what adding a sport, it will make people think differently. It will make people want to Get rid of what what its old traditions and add new traditions that will help a nation be stronger or or even 
be uh, be part of the of the world. Like it, it goes to show that um, sometimes it's not just about politics. Like just oh, we want to get in it because of politics, but you use sport to get in into politics. Like I, we can mention a bunch of examples of that. And there's many nations, probably I can't even count, that when you think when you think of that nation, to be honest with you, there are times we don't think we don't think about oh, like the food or or a significant monument, you think of a certain sport. And that it just goes to show that that the nation does value sports in in everyday life. So that's what I think of when I hear like sports and international in the Indiana in the international stage. Yeah, I think that's some good points you raised there, Alan, that you know, like sports do become part of identity in a lot of ways. Um, when so to bring it back to you know, an individual for a quick second before I blow it up to international level with countries or, you know, as we often refer to it as a international state, right? So uh, we'll, uh, at the individual level, when you're a fan of a team, you know, that becomes part of your identity, right? Like, like you're saying that some, when some in certain circles, when people think of you, they think of you as like the fan, a fan of that team. They think of you associated with that team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, depending on which circle you're in. Um, <clears throat> and so it's like Alan was saying, it, it's it's a true thing with a similar thing with international states, right? Like oftentimes when we think of, uh, you know, Argentina, we think of, you know, soccer, we think of basketball. Um, Australia, we associate swimming, you know. Uh, Scandinavia, we think of winter sports, hockey, uh skiing you know and so there's there's that aspect of it too and so i think like you're saying alan i it i agree wholeheartedly that like international sports or just sports in general just becomes a part of who we are and i think countries are doing a good job of like not only using that for their benefit but allowing it to to grow in the way that they have you know yeah I definitely do agree with that. But also I would say like sports is like the the biggest thing that like that builds bridges. But also you have to be careful in how mm. you're using sports. Like there's been history of how sports was used. Um, I think a lot of people there's people that talk about the Olympics in Berlin in nineteen 19- Thing was 1936 or something with hit with um, Adolf Hitler using the Olympics to showcase like hit like that there was like that the Aryan race was so superior, but it actually backfired because you had someone like Jesse Owens who hey there like he was getting a lot of heat heat from the Germans but he was like I'm gonna still compete and that happened or even um, the 1978 World Cup, um, in which took place in Argentina, and it was under a dictatorship under uh, General Rafael Videla, and 
And yeah, he brought the World Cup so people can cheer and excitement. Which yeah, they won the World Cup, like unbelievable. It was great, but they did, they did, had some crazy things happen. Like mostly at that time, you had the missing children, the mm-hmm. that were that was just chaotic. Like that, there's like it's now come to light that you're starting to see these children who are now adults, like find their families again after what's been 40, 50 years. And then even a game where um, against Peru, like like the Argentinian officials were holding the Peruvian the Peruvian players like kind of threatening them. Like and and that actually killed killed their chances of moving on. So so like how it's used like you there's it has to be done in a way where you are doing it for the right reasons, not to like try to get an edge or or just because um, you you just don't like certain things. No, I I agree. Like sports has been used very in very different ways um, by governments of the different countries of the world. Um, you mentioned a good example of uh, Hitler using it for propaganda and promoting his ideals with the Third Reich. Um, I think one that will bring everything a lot closer to home for a lot more recently um, is during the Cold War, right? Uh, the Soviet Union and the United States often would duke it out in the sports arena, um, but oftentimes they would boycott certain Olympic games, right? Uh, many of uh, many of our listeners remember our first episode where we were talking about Lake Placid uh, and the Miracle on Ice, right? Uh, with that team from the United States beating the juggernaut of the Soviet Union's on home domestic ice and would go on to win various gold medals, U.S. hockey in the following years, you know, it's with Herb Brooks at the head. But one thing, I don't know if we mentioned it or not. It's been a while since we've, I've listened to that recording. Um, but the Soviets were in, part of the story was that the Soviet Union was threatening to boycott the games for the longest time. Um, because the Americans were also threatening to boycott the next Summer Olympics, which I believe are going to be held in Moscow that next time, right? 1980, yeah, in the summer. Yeah, so there's that, you know, Part, part of that story was intertwined along with it. Um, and so sports has also been used to, as I mentioned and hit upon, to promote pro- propaganda and political ideals of these different countries. And while, Alan, I agree with you that it's not okay, you know, it happens. <laughs> yeah. There, there's no denying it. Like, it, it truly happens, and there's uh, no way that I think it'll ever not happen. Um, yeah. Like it promotes just what the ideals of a certain country and government are for whatever reason, because I think, and I think that reason is, and I think this is, it's different, I think for depending on how you interpret it, but the way I interpret it. So the reason I feel is that people, they, they think it's, or they get behind certain events, right. Or certain athletes, you know, especially in the Olympics, 
America for the longest time was behind Michael Phelps, Missy May Trainer, um, other American athletes, you know. Uh, those are the two biggest names that are off the top of my head right now. Um, but, like, there's so much more going on into it that, you know, so, like, we get behind these certain athletes in these events, right? We tune in to, these, to watch these guys play. And so, as a byproduct, you know, governments, they know this, and so they can have certain things said and broadcast, or they can say certain, have certain articles, like, influence in a way. Um, whether it's right or not is a different topic, but I think that's part of how this happens is what kind of gets published and how it gets influenced. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree with that. Like, I, like all of that, it just goes to show that, um, like, not, like, not just teams drive the nation, but you mentioned individuals drive the nation to be better. And, and I think really that's, that's the world that now we live at. Like, now with social media, now it's, like, more visible than ever. And now it's it can be – well, it's marketed in a way that now anybody can see it. Anybody, like, by, by the young – by younger and younger, like, we see these – even at a younger age now, it's like, oh, we got to – we see something in that kid – Oh, we gotta start developing. We gotta invest in that kid or, or that team. So, so yeah, like it's it's just but everything that you said. It's right on right on the nail. Yeah, and you know it's it's kind of sad that this happens, but you know we need to recognize that propaganda comes in many different forms, and sports isn't immune from that. And governments will under will u- use it for that purpose in a lot of times. And they'll they'll put narratives behind certain things to kind of uh, help bolster viewership and beliefs, you know. And I don't think that's right, but it happens. Um, I think it ha- to varying degrees. I think it even happens here in the states. Um, but it's oh, I think it's harder to point out in the states. But it, I still think it it's possible to say it happens here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'm just going to, I think here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to name out some certain teams. Um, and I want you to kind of tell me where, what comes to mind when you think of where they're from. Okay. And we'll kind of talk about how this is associated with a country's identity. And we can yeah. kind of go from there. Um, the New Zealand All Blacks, what comes to your head? Well, it represents rugby, like the greatest rugby team ever assembled as far as like international competition in rugby, especially in the Pacific Islands. Like that's the standard there. Okay, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree to that. Okay. Um, Canadian hockey. Canadian hockey. I would say it's been the, it's, ah, I just bit bit my mouth, but Canadian hockey is basically the, the standard of how, of how hockey is played. It's like the, 
I, I could even argue that it's um, where hockey got its start, like invent, the invention of hockey. Obviously, each country has its own style, but a lot of them adopt the Canadian style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the style that the NHL plays is that North yeah. American style, as it's often referred to. Okay, um, let's keep going. Uh, let's go uh, Michael Phelps and the American swim team of the early 2000s and 2010s. Okay, I would say his team will – I'll start with him. Um, Michael Phelps is like – I don't know how to describe him because he is just – unbelievable like he is the what you look for a swimmer someone who who's like a fish someone who is not afraid of going the extra mile and and has the mental toughness and their team discipline like they're they know what they want they know how they're going to do it and if there's some trial happening they're going to overcome it they they adjust accordingly. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Um, Ian Thorpe in Australian swimming, just because we're on that topic right there. Yeah, uh, their team, I know they're competitors, but I would say Ian Thorpe, like, he, it's a guy that he, like, he is gritty. And I think sometimes um, when you think of swimmers, you just think, oh, they're supernatural. But you, you do see some grittiness in Ian Thorpe, and it, make me, it makes me think swimming differently. Like, you got to have some grit. You got to, like, like, you got to do things that, like, nobody would want to do. And Ian is one of those guys that can do that. Yeah. No, I'd agree. Okay. Um Man City, we were talking. Well, we're talking about them, and uh, when we were previewing and going over the Championship League, so uh, let's go from there. So, okay. Man City or the Premier League? Oh, the Premier League. Um, it is a league that is. You gotta have two things. You gotta have pace, which is the speed, and physicality. Like these guys, they're gonna. They they will tackle you hard. They will come at you. It's kind of like you're you're watching like a tackle football game, but they're gonna slide for you, injure you. It's all about you. Got to have that mental toughness. If you can't handle that, then I'm sorry, but that's why like it's not just two teams or sometimes four teams. You got like seven, eight, even at times nine, ten great teams that like really like. You don't know who's going to win. There has been repeat champions, absolutely. But that's why um, the last team to stay undefeated was Arsenal in 2004. That's how long it has been for a Premier League team to stay undefeated because it is, it is tough physically. Yeah. No, I'd agree. Um, and then last one for you. Uh, we're going to do... I'm just going to name MLB, NHL, NBA. Okay. 
because those are kind of the sports we really talk about. So I'm just, I, I'll just name them and then let's get our thoughts about what that kind of represents or identity wise for, you know, mm-hmm. the States. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. You go first. Okay. I'm going to start in, I'm going to start in, in the MLB. Um, let's go with the Dodgers, the L- the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say for me, uh, with LA, uh, time defying, uh, barrier breaking and long lasting. Right. Mm-hmm. And okay. one reason for that is cause it was through the Brooklyn Dodgers, which is, you know, where the LA Dodgers trace their history back to, cause they moved from Brooklyn to LA, um, is the team that Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier once and for all and joined, you know, the MLB mm-hmm. that, you know, made it possible for a lot of other players, you know? Okay. Now we're going to, let's go another major league baseball team. Uh, the, uh, what's this team's name? Oh, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Curse of the Bambino. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough. Uh, like, and a big market team trying to act like a small market. <laughs> okay. But that could also be used for, like, American Dream type stuff, too, because you think about the Boston Red Sox, you think of just success in the latter decades of early, the 2000s and 2010s, right? And isn't that kind of the American Dream to start kind of from almost nothing or the curse of Bambino and just work your way into success. Yeah. I do agree with that. Okay. The Montreal Canadians. Hmm. That's a tough one. Cause great team, uh, championship history. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say about Montreal. Uh, but other than what I've said, you know, championship history. Um, I want to say they were part of the original six. Let me look that up. I think they are. I could be wrong, but I think they are. But yeah, I think they are. Yeah, because I know Detroit is one of them. I know Toronto is one of them. I yeah. think one of the original six. So the okay. original six, for those that don't know, for NHL is Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, the Boston Bruins, Detroit Red Wings, New York Rangers, and Chicago Blackhawks. All righty. So obviously historic franchise. Uh key to uh, the NHL, I'd say. The Las and Vegas? Be- Go ahead. No, Go ahead. I was just going to say, before we move too much further from that, like I think the NHL is a prime example of true international play and how it can be used to support international cooperation. Um, even though a lot of the teams come from the United States, you know, we look at the original six, two of them are from Canada, you know, and the NHL started in like, and these teams came about in the 1940s, 
So like to have that just shows like, you know, even then, you know, there's cooperation between at least mm-hmm. Canada and the United States. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last NHL team, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, we're going to shout out Noble Sports Guy, uh, Braden Toro here, uh, you know, and just be like, and just shout him out real quick and be, and because this is his team. Uh, and I'm going to trash it a little. Sorry, dude. But in, a, in the sense of this, like, new franchise, kind of still baby in, in, to the league, you know, um, fast success, uh, quick market builders. I don't know. So. Okay. The Los, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe, just Kobe. Well, I think we, and we talked a lot about it in our Kobe episode, right? Um, or our last episode in sequential order from when this one's coming out. Um, but yeah, the international icon of the, of Co- that Kobe became because of the Lakers, you know, being in one of those bigger market teams like LA leads to large international influence, especially in the world of basketball. And Kobe's no different. Okay. The Boston I mean, well, South, go ahead. <laughs> Just to add to that real quick, you know, championships too, you know. Okay. Historic success. The Boston Celtics. <laughs> I don't know. Part of championship town. Um, I don't know. Okay. I just think – I wouldn't say they don't – for me, they don't have that same – American dream identity associated to them like the Boston Red Sox do. Um, Cause I think they've had a bit more of a, a story histor- history of success compared to the Red Sox. Um, especially, you know, during the time the Red Sox were struggling. So um, I don't know. I don't know what else, what I can really say about them for identity wise. Yeah. I would say for the Boston Celtics, it's all about like, you go for championships like like any other team, but then it's how their identity is all about. We're going to play smart and as a team. And mm-hmm. when they've done that, they have had success. So that's what I think of the Boston Celtics. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'll do the MLB and I'll name a couple teams for you. Yeah. Okay. Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays. I would say um, the f- one of the first, like one of the first teams outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. like to have success in baseball and shows potential for what you can do if it's run correctly in Toronto. A lot of promise in Toronto right now. For me, I'd say Canada's team. Yeah, I'd do agree with that, yeah. Um, especially because Montreal's no longer existing. Yeah. Um, so, with the only baseball team in your country, if you're, you know, a fan of the Blue Jays, I'd say that's, if you're even if you live in Edmonton, you're either to be a Blue Jays fan or a Mariners fan, so. Fair enough. You know, 
Plus, it's also ridiculous if you're in Canada, unless you can't really watch the Blue Jays live if you have MLB TV because of blackouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One day we'll good. talk about blackouts and how stupid there are. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Uh, and then we'll just do last one. And then we'll just kind of move forward and just talk about why or kind of go through why we did this exercise. Yeah. Um, and last one for you. We mentioned the rival. Let's do New York Yankees. Yankees. Yeah, we talk about the market, but I think also it's it's just constant success. Uh, and especially the like buying and acquiring of great players. Like, mm. and also I think of the George Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner, like having an owner like that who, who like, I'm gonna, I wanna buy the best and because we wanna win. And while other people will say, oh, I'm envious of him because of that, but you also have to admire him because he cares about winning. And he also is a fan. And he listens to the fans that if they're not winning, he will make changes that will relate to winning. So that's mm-hmm. that's the Yankees for you. Yeah. And so, Alan, you know, why do you think we did this exercise? We did this exercise. Those that are the were confused. We did this exercise to show why people like why these teams um, are who they are. Like you, mm-hmm. like they, a lot of these teams, they almost like they've had success because they mirror their cities. They mirror even their countries as well. Um, like we mentioned, a lot of these teams, like. Some of them flashy, like you. You live in Los Angeles, for instance. You have to play flashy. Or say you live in Detroit, you play tough and gritty. Like you be aggressive. And so, or or in soccer, like Germany, you play discipline, and you play smart. Brazil. You play great. You play beautiful. So we did this because cities and teams mirror. Like, no, actually, let me take that back. It's teams that mirror the city or the country that fans will identify with, that will make them fall in love with the team. Even when they struggle, they'll probably be, like, disappointed and not care for them. But when they mirror the city, then the fans come back and they'll love their team again. They'll love mm-hmm. their, even their national team that they're seeing something that they recognize, but not just recognize, something that they can relate to in their personal life. No, exactly. Alan, that's exactly why we did this exercise because we're talking about identity, right? Every culture has an identity associated with it, whether we recognize it or not. It's part of who we are, where we're from. And that's what culture is, a a large part of what culture is, the ideals and way of thought of where we're from, you know? 
And <clears throat> when you apply it to sports, you know, that's part of it too. Okay. Um, a lot, we did a lot more of the teams for the leagues we cover in the end, um, just because, you know, that's kind of what we do, the sports we cover and know more about. Um, but when you think broader terms, right, we think of rugby, okay, you immediately you go to New Zealand with the All Blacks and you think of Maori culture, the haka, um, you think of the success and like just the awe-inspiring way that that team plays and just the awe-inspiring views of New Zealand, obviously. Um, you know, you think of Ian Thorpe with Australian swimming. You you just, like Alan mentioned, you know, you think of not only his success, but also that rivalry, so to speak, that he had with Michael Phelps, who we also mentioned. Um, you know, that was some fun swimming to watch yeah. <laughs> in the early 2000s and 2010s. And then, you know, we, we talk about the Premier League. It has it right in the name, you know? <laughs> the Premier League, each league, like with soccer, each league, it's like, it's not like, like, oh, like in basketball, you want to play the best, the in one of the best basketball leagues, you go to the NBA. And soccer, the best soccer's in Europe. But which league in Europe? Well, that depends on like how how you are as a player like mm. you, you may say oh I, I want to play for Real Madrid that's like the premier team but because of how you play personality you might be better say in another great club like Juventus or you might be better off in uh, Manchester United or Chelsea and so forth that's the great thing about soccer it's like there's diversity especially in Europe and where to find the best leagues. No, exactly. And I think the question then becomes is, um, why do we think sports bolsters culture? Um, why is it such a part of culture? Um, we kind of hit it when we talked about how uh, sports can be developed in different countries. And we talked a little bit about India with cricket um, and how, you know, if baseball want, truly wants to expand to international markets, like maybe they should look at India because of, you know, their love for cricket. Um, so, yeah, so how, why do you think, you know, we we talk, we spent so much time on this? Well, it's just something to talk about. It's just something that um, I think, to be honest, it is something that, um, like, every day, Sports is around us. Take sports off of it. What are we going to talk about? Movies? Yeah, I could talk about movies. I love movies. I know. Do you love movies, Brady? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Movies? Food? You like food, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But that only gets to a certain point with we're talking about food and movies that it, it just stops. Probably like for three out two hours. Sports is twenty four seven, three sixty five days a year. It is constant moving, and mm -hmm. and up to even now debating. And I, so it's like it comes down to like how, like why, like how sports became that way, and it's basically mm -hmm. us. 
as people. We let it come in and let it be the drive force and and it's pan out to be successful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say one thing real quick and contradictory. I think those people out there, Alan, who could spend as much time as we do 24 seven, just talking sports as they would talk about movies or food or whatever, you know, cause different people are interested in different things. Right. And yeah. So, so like obviously for you and I talking about sports 24 seven is no big deal. Whereas for us talking about movies, that would only be like a 30 minute conversation in retrospect to us talking about yeah. sports. So it's a good thing we have a sports podcast. <laughs> yeah but like i think even though you know sports may not be your niche or your main interest per se like there's something in sports that truly is awe-inspiring for everybody why why every four years do we sit down and we watch the olympics one it's because we love our we want to see our country do well and we want to see them have success but you know, Al and I are currently working on a couple episodes where we're talking about some Olympic stuff uh, from recent Olympics. And there's great stories that happen from different athletes who participated, you know, and countries winning their first gold medals in certain events, you know. And so, like, there's sports just truly changes the way we view the world in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it, it allows us to meet people from all over the world who agree with us in some way or another and or disagree and love the same thing we do you know like there's baseball fans all over the world um and while we might not see eye to eye on certain things about baseball like when in the at the end of the day we're having good baseball conversation and for for, for all we know that could lead to friendship you know so that's kind of what i'd say because like you know when what's one of the first things you do as a kid you know you grab a ball you kick it you throw it you know you roll the ball around like you do something with it yeah you know you might not take it to the level that of becoming an athlete and doing that forever but like you still part of you enjoys that movement and i think that's why it's become a large part of our cultures yeah i would even say that now, like, because these athletes, because athletes have now different roles, not just, oh, I'm just going to be an athlete. It's like now you see them in other ventures that that just, like, friends, like, from friends that friends of mine or, or people that we both know, I'm like, wait, he, does, he, he played soccer before, before he acted? I did not know that. Like that, it, it shows like because of the crossover, the venturing, and obviously social media. That like, wait a minute, like, like they do that. I did not know that. Or they they used to play for this team or that. I did not know that. So it just it just goes to show that sports crosses over into the other ventures of like entertainment. Uh, films or even businesses. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, were it not for sports, Alan, we wouldn't really be doing this podcast right now. Yeah. I um, do agree. But yeah. So, like, let's kind of look 
take it back because we've been focusing in a way almost domestically for the past little bit. Let's bring it back to international, right? Um, what? How do you think sports can shape the way we view the world? I mean, we've been kind of talking about that for a little bit. Um, so I guess more so, how do you think sports have influenced the world? Does that make oh, sense? That's a very good question. Um, it's it's very le- a legitimate question. I would say that's influenced by giving people opportunity to something, even if it's not sports or even coaching, but they'll use sports around the world to to like educate a, a concept or educate a generation that will later on lead the nation and mm-hmm. like like the perfect example of that um like when nelson mandela was elected the there were several um people of african descent that they south african descent that wanted to get rid of um rugby because they never included um like blacks in the team it was mostly white however nelson mandela was like no we're not gonna get rid of the springboard we're gonna we're gonna keep it we're gonna rally around them and and really like he was taking a risk on that but guess what they hosted the the ninety the ninety five rugby World Cup and rolled all the way to the finals facing the old black New Zealand team, which yeah, they were the super favorites. They're going for it again. They made the upset, South Africa. And because of that, that allowed South Africa to embrace the Springbok team. And to really, like, start competing on the world stage like that, which they won several world world championships. So because of embracing a team that has had a a difficult relationship with its people, it actually changed the perception of the team. Mm -hmm. But also, it it changes perception of how we view each other. That we don't not just view each other our skin color, but we view each other by our values, our our thoughts. We value like even like families. So and that that teaches us a lesson and I think that's the perfect example that South Africa gave at that time. Mm-hmm. No, and I think that's a great example you bring up, Alan. I think I wouldn't have thought of that one. Um, but it leads right into this point that I was eventually wanting to make. And that point is if for me personally, I think the best way to achieve peace in the world is through sports. Right. And I know that's going to, everyone's probably sitting at home listening to that statement and just going, huh? (laughs) Like, what does this kid mean? He, is he like, is he like delusional or something? And no, like, okay, let's, let's think about it this way. Okay. What, Obviously, right now, we, we can't because we're all in quarantine. So, right, because of, you know, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. But, okay, let's think about it this way. When when the last time you were at 
okay, let's just go with hockey game, okay? Last time you had a hockey game or football game or baseball, basketball, uh, rugby, whenever you're at your last sporting event, what was going on with the people around you? Was there uh, turmoil? Was there, you know, lack of communication? Was there fighting? You know, okay, fighting might not be the best choice, but like, was there all this stuff that we see going on in the world today? Not really. And I think the be- reason for that is because for those three hours we're watching that game, we're just in a, a state where we can truly be take we can truly have this mindset of everything's okay and sure you know we we might not like the refing we might not like the other team you know if boston is in la i'm sure alan your wife is not very happy yeah um with you for those three hours especially if your team ends up winning (laughs) you know but like at the end of the day like it doesn't matter you know like and while the competition fosters great great stuff and the at the end of the day like afterwards you can spend sit there with someone you've never met before and probably make a new friend and while you guys might not necessarily see eye to eye on all those all the same ideals because you have that common common ground of you know with for the example of boston celtics right because you have that common ground you can always go back to that and just be like okay let's go back to this you know same with manchester city united and man city right like they're not the best they don't get along very well big brother little brother or manchester united and arsenal i believe is the big rival in the that's that's another rivalry yeah absolutely so like you know they might not when those team two teams are playing they might not get along very well but after the end of the game you know Let's say I supported Arsenal and you supported Man- Manchester United. Like during the game, we don't like each other very much. <laughs> but afterwards, you know, what remains is friendship and the bond that was formed because of that match. And so I think that's why sports can truly foster peace because of the bonds that are possible because of those games, because of the events that are on the field. And I think everyone that's been into a sporting event might agree with me and if you don't let us know why you know yeah really it does bring people together and it really like at the end like you know the saying or from this song why can't we just be friends like (laughs) that that is huge and while we may have different sides and who we root for what matters is like, hey, it was a heck of a game that, like, I have friends who, look, man, they cheer for teams that, I'm, that I hate. You do too. But guess what? We deal with it. You deal with it. And, and that was the perfect thing, like, because as many of you don't know, I lived in Mexico uh, for the first six years of my life. So I was a, I was a kid. And when I came to the U.S., um, they, never, they never asked me, oh, what's, what religion or, like, none of that. Even though I lived in the, I 
moved to the border in Arizona, they just asked me, hey, do you have a favorite team or a favorite player? And that's all, that's all they cared about, my, my friends. That's all they care about, you know. I, and that, to me, made me feel included because of that. And it made me – that's made me want to, like, make – be more social. And that's how you start. You start with a sports conversation. Like, hey, do you – like, I don't look at people. We, the thing is that I've learned is don't look at people how they are physical. Look at people like – who they are on the inside. And especially if they do have a sports team, start with that. And from there, it just goes smoothly. I can't tell you how many times that has happened that friendships have been made that way. I mean, that's how you and I became friends eventually. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think this has led to a very good discussion, and I think for those of us out there who are listening to this who have maybe different thoughts or viewpoints on things we've mentioned, you know, reach out and let us know. I think this is one that an episode that's going to require maybe a follow up episode, you know, and I think it's going to be a great, a great, a continuous great discussion, and one that's going to bring a lot of people together in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but yeah i think you know especially with the olympics coming up this year because they got postponed from last year so they're happening this summer if all goes well like alan and i will probably be talking about the, this kind of topic once again when we start talking about the olympics in depth probably this summer sometime frame yeah so yeah you know reach out to us you know um and let us know what you think. Absolutely. We'll, we'll be there. We'll wait and go from there. Yeah. You know, let's, uh, so we're going to end that, this particular discussion here. Um, I think Alan and I kind of have said our two, our thoughts about it. Uh, but Alan, uh, what do we got in store for the people? What's coming out? Oh, well, obviously we will follow up with this. Um, obviously now spring training, uh, is currently happening. Uh, we will we will follow up with that and start our baseball preview in around a couple weeks. Uh, we also have some some updates as far as Champions League right now. Real Madrid and and Glombach, no Real Madrid and Atalanta are playing along with Manchester City versus uh, Glombach are currently playing. So. Keep us tuned there, and and we'll discuss mo- more of that in the f- in future episodes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it in the last episode or not, but we here at Pineapple Twenty Two Media have gone through a bit of a rebranding. We have a new look to our logo and new uh, podcast image. Um, you know, we're so we're trying to constantly improve ourselves for for you guys. Um, and always feel free to reach out to us on our social media. Um, that's pineapple 22 media on Facebook and Instagram. We're looking into Twitter. Um, neither one of us have much experience with it. So we've been holding off on that, but we're working, looking into that and whatnot. Um, 
if you guys want to don't, don't have social media or don't feel comfortable with that, we do have an email at that and that's pineapple22media at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, this, this one, we want a lot of feedback on get guys. So feel free to message us and let us know what you think and let's keep this discussion going. You know, we want, if you guys, this gets a lot of listens and a lot of people liking it and sending us stuff will more than likely have a follow-up. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so let's, uh, let's keep it going, everybody. Um, for those of us, for those out there who remembered, we had Noble Sports Guy on recently. Uh, yeah, uh, if you guys are, are interested in the NFL and what and liked what he had to say about it, go over and give him a we'll listen. Um, he he's kind of like a shadow partner with us. We're helping each other out and helping each other grow. So let's kind of help him out and at just as much as he's helping us out lately. So we'll go from there, everybody. But you know, as as we continue to grow, remember you're supporting our dreams of covering being uh, in sports media. And, you know, this is the best experience we, we could have asked for. So we, we truly are thankful for you guys tuning in almost every time we post a new episode. Yeah, absolutely. And we're always going to be there 24 seven, 365 days a year. We're wherever you name it. We're there. Exactly. All right. We're, we'll uh, sign off Fallon and, from there till next time till next time everybody